Am I making any sense? All right, here we go, my friends. Another episode of Am I Making Sense? Oh, I'm very happy to have <laughs> today's guest. He's a hilarious guy. He can be found doing stand-up comedy throughout the Zoomosphere. And then whenever this whole <laughs> lockdown finishes and we're no longer at threat of a global pandemic, I'm sure he'll be out there at comedy clubs throughout Toronto. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, man. Make some noise for Mark Hallworth. Everybody. Oh, the crowd went wild. I so, don't know. I don't know how much was heard. Hold on. That's so funny. First of all, how do people even experience this podcast, Matthew? Do people listen to it as a podcast or do they watch the stream or what? I do. I do both. I have an RSS feed. Okay. Out to all the whatever the Apples and the Googles and the Spotify's. Spotify's. Yeah. And then, uh, so that'll just be the audio. And then uh, I do put it on a YouTube page, but I gotta say, uh, the YouTube algorithm is not interested in old Matthew McCarran. So, um, not <laughs> a lot too of- basic people. a name. Too basic a name. It's Sorry, a basic a name and it's a basic a principle, you know? Just having a conversation with another comedian, right. everyone's doing it. <laughs> Nothing special. So well, this one's yeah. gonna be off the fucking chain. Yes. <laughs> I'm almost wondering, we're almost moving into the day and age where a podcast is like your business card, you know? No way. Get out of here. No, that's just, you know, you mean in comedy? I don't know. And that'd <laughs> be really I, funny if a florist, like, well, where's your podcast, man? Like, <laughs> like other businesses need them. Yeah, that's true. Your undertaker. Yeah, I've got three <laughs> yeah. podcasts a week on how Trust to uh, embalm humans. Check out my podcast. It's called Highway to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I like, man, that's why I like Mark. So Mark, <laughs> we've been bumping into each other in just random Zoom mics. Yeah. I really enjoyed your comedy. Thanks, man. And also, yeah. yeah, I should tell the people that are listening to this, all the Spotifyers. Yeah. Matt's background always says, am I making sense? I guess he's always promoting the podcast, but you never really mentioned that when we are in a show. So it's always like, <laughs> is this guy trying to, you know like show us that he's not making sense or something like I, i'm always expecting some sort of avant-garde <laughs> theater bullshit <laughs> you know what i have a bit i do have a bit about my podcast but uh, I, you're right on open mics i probably i'm probably just working on other stuff yeah and, and nobody introduces you by oh you got to check out his podcast it's called Amazon. nobody has so you're just a guy with a background i'm a guy with a random background and but you know what in a way you know, this is better than therapy right now because we're going deep, Mark. I haven't even asked you one question yet, but we're going right. deep with, uh, with me. So am I making sense? I wonder if it's a defense mechanism when I go up to do stand-up comedy. I'm like, guys, am I, what's going on here? Right. It's almost like getting on a, on a show and going, is this thing on? This thing on? <laughs> am I making sense? But well, yeah. What does your background look like? What, what's actually behind you? You just have a green sheet or something or a blue sheet? Let's get into that. Oh, you're going to turn it off. The listeners are going to miss uh, something here. Hold on, hold on. Uh, okay. It's like, oh, here we go. Oh, it's a green screen. But, but this is my garage. Oh. What's that Simpsons joke? Oh, garage. Ooh la la, Mr. Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> I work with a lot of English people, and I love the way they say garage. They say it like that. Oh wow! Yeah, the the A's. I think A's are 
Um, what, what do you call that long? You know, we could always do, look. Oh, he's flipping could, through the background. Yeah, we could always do a, a, a Dodge Aspen. This was my childhood car here. Oh, cool. This is a, that's a childhood car. Yeah. You I'm could sure. fit like 10 kids in that thing. Yeah, we sat backwards in the in the back here. Oh, like, no I, way. Really? That's always the best. Yeah, I'm sure it's I so dangerous there too, at least on a few occasions. Um, so yeah, anyway, anyway in the podcast, you know, <laughs> ask questions. Yeah. So let's let's get into it, man. Because whenever I bring someone on who I don't really hang with on right. the scene, I've been doing it since this pandemic's been good for one thing, is I've been meeting people sure different area codes, right? As they say. <laughs> uh and uh so i know a little bit about people just from their act but when when did you get into uh stand-up comedy so i'm yeah i'm a guy who lives in canada i, I don't know and where are you from Matthew, where, where are you based out of uh san jose california ah hey i did a show in sunnyvale yeah <laughs> that's close though. okay uh sunnyvale so you probably went to um why did i just draw a, a tease i don't know hold on but i keep track Oh, this is yeah, maybe I should very studious. Yeah, hold on. So, oh, Bogarts, a place called Bogarts. This is 2014. Bogarts, I don't know, huh? <laughs> you know, what? it was probably it was probably a showcase, right? So, probably, no, I was just some guy, I think. I don't know. Good question. Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, so Sunnyvale, yeah, I'm so close to Sunnyvale. That's out of that's like a suburb town of San Jose, isn't it? Yeah, correct. So, uh there's there's back when things were open there was probably at least three or four mics that i would hit in sunnyvale okay on a regular basis right so, okay that's good yeah that's know. great you're yeah you're familiar you know what another thing just dawned on me and this is kind of neurotic thinking uh, a stand-up comedy neurotic thinking i don't think i've ever done a cross-border podcast cool yeah is i'm happy cool? to talk about the canadian comedy scene man i love toronto it's, it helps me out a lot so to answer your first question about how I got started, or I, I I'm from a town called Calgary. Have you ever heard of Calgary? Actually, Calgary, Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like the it's like the Houston of Canada. Um, hold on, uh, pull up a map though, because Calgary, sure. Calgary is isn't that uh uh what's that called? Not a province. Uh, um, Calgary is a town in a province called Alberta. It's just north of Montana. Okay, I know where that is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. I'm, I'm, it? it's, I think it's like the fourth most populated city in Canada, I guess. Okay. And um, real oil place, so oil, yeah, town. <laughs> and, okay. and I got into stand-up out there. And then I uh, wanted to, uh, I actually studied, I studied comedy. I got my diploma in comedy writing and performance in this place in Toronto at this college. And uh, I had a blast. It was so fun. So while I was working in Calgary, I was like, kind of saving up money and doing comedy where I could and and uh, all the while looking forward to moving to Toronto yeah and then when I did I hit the ground running and I loved it it was really kind of good for a guy like me the problem with Calgary and I wonder if this happens in Sunnyvale or or I don't know it, like the, the smallest show you could do was like 60 people there was no like fucking toilets <laughs> huh. and so you only got on stage once every couple of weeks though you know what I mean so oh I get I get the problem so the people who gave you the opportunities to do stand-up were the club owners. Yeah, like the venues, every place you could do stand-up was like beautiful. <laughs> okay. The crowd was always so big and like so energetic and oh God, the energy in here is amazing. Yeah. And you do a set and 
and you got five minutes and of things you're really working on and and you've you've been working on and now it's kind of like it got some polish on it and it goes great no oh, man you feel like the king of the world and then you don't get to do that show again for another three weeks at least because you got to get through the rotation of all the other comics and uh, then by the time so i wrote some new material but uh look how hot this room is and i, I don't want to yes. do this new material so it, it would actually discourage me from doing from trying new stuff which is bad <laughs> i i'm actually the i'm the inverse of that okay yeah there are mics you never get to do a good show <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> my inverse is that there are that i'm mostly open mics at just hole in the wall bars where you know you're performing to one tumbleweed yeah and um uh you know a heroin addict yeah four <laughs> other comics that are waiting to go up and they don't care what you have to say and yeah, yeah, yeah right that's that's my experience with comedy and then every once so i'm just trying things in front of that maybe it's where it's kind of like zoom comedy yeah. i don't know did this joke work? who knows but you like it and so you want to try it. so you keep trying it in front of kind of just very small, uh, what I would say, uh, uh, they don't care, audiences that don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then every once in a while, I'll get stage time at a real, like Rooster Tees, that's one of the Sunnyvale clubs or some okay. other uh, club on the East Bay or in San Francisco. And then you'll have what I would call a genuine audience that wants to laugh. Right. Because most of the open mics I do, the audience doesn't want to laugh. They're either, like you said, other your other comics are people who are just drinking for the night and they're like, why are these people, why do these fucking assholes keep talking? <laughs> We're just right, gonna yeah. enjoy our drinks. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I I felt the same way in Toronto. Yeah, you got yeah. to do now you now you get to do three shows a night or whatever, but mm -hmm. most of them are in these like kind of dives. Yeah. Inside gigs, man, by comics for comics. Yeah. And um, but I would argue, and I man, I have this fight with all sorts of people of like no, nobody doesn't want to laugh. I want to have a good time at this open mic, for God's sake. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not intentionally not laughing to like fuck with your head. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not a maniac. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking as an, a, another open mic comic who's at yeah. this show. Yeah. So I, I, I always kind of get bothered when, when comics talk about, well, this isn't even a real show. Like, okay, I understand because I would call one of those of these Rooster Tea gigs. Well, that's a generous crowd <laughs> yeah. giving you so much energy and attention, which you don't fucking deserve. You, you got to fight for it. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a, so okay. I value these Zoom shows a lot and these I, tiny crap old shows. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. So ultimately what it is, is if your stuff is working and really working, it should be a reflex that people just laugh. Yeah, totally. Laughter is an involuntary emotion. You can't control it. Yes. And if they didn't laugh, uh oh, heads up, Matthew. <laughs> there's a chance this joke's not any good. Yeah. <laughs> now or there's it's a million too other meandering. Things. Pardon me? It's too indulgent. You're meandering around when it's like, no, 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 deliver the goods. Well, yeah, I don't know. That's the whole reason you you had the audacity to put your name on this sign-up sheet and yeah. you really thought you could make us laugh for five minutes. Well, okay, go for it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah especially when it's like you're completely interrupting somebody's night with a group of dudes that just wanted to catch up and drink beers. And now yeah. you're like, Oh, dating is weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck man. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. but the, in my opinion, the mentality should be like, Hey, four guys drinking beers. I know this is completely out of nowhere. And I know you probably should hate every minute of this, but I got six minutes about cats that I think you're going to fucking love. <laughs> and if they don't, then you're like, shit <laughs> i'm sorry yes 
But also, no. if they don't, you shouldn't be like, well, up yours then, you fuck. No. Like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I've that. seen that. That is such a shitty attitude. I don't know if yeah. it has to do with upbringing or age or whatever. <laughs> but anytime. So you said a word that I really, I've used it before too. <laughs> and I think it really is relevant for stand-up comedy, the audacity. Mm -hmm. so wait a minute. You're going to get in front of people. You're not bringing an instrument. Nope. You're, you're not, you're not going to do uh, play a song. You're not going to sing. You're just going to use words. Yeah. And you expect us to laugh. It's that. Yeah. It's not, it's not even, you expect us to like it or tap our toes or smile. Yeah. You expect us to blast involuntarily. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's right. Go. And so uh, I think anytime you're at a venue that allows you to do that, you got to be showing some gratitude and totally. humility. And there's a lot of comics I'll see and they they'll do that. They'll turn on the audience. Yeah. Oh, and they'll yeah. start really like digging into people. And I, it always makes me uncomfortable because, you know, I was trying to work on a bit for a while where I don't know if you've ever gotten this, but sometimes when people hear you do stand up comedy, they go, Oh, you're so brave. But <laughs> my, my feeling is we're not brave. We're crazy to right. think that this is going to work. But the, the people who are brave are the people who show up to watch comedy. <laughs> right? Because you could be showing up with your date and it could be like, oh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to laugh. And then some comic, it may not even be the headliner. It may be some feature act. He sees you. He doesn't like your shoes. And then yeah. he spends five minutes shitting on your shoes. And you're like, man, I just wanted to hang out with my, you know, whatever, hang out with my partner. or my. And, and now here I am like, oh, I, I feel like a, a fool. Right? So the brave people are the people who go to stand up comedy, <laughs> not the people performing it. I think I've heard you do that bit before. I think <laughs> have I heard you do that on Zoom? Maybe. I, the, I, I've um, never figured out how to make it work. I don't know where the punch is, and I don't. Well, the other thing about that, with that, I'm like, it. They shouldn't have to be brave. It's a product. You know what I mean? This guy paid or whatever. Him and him and his girlfriend paid yeah. for a service. Yeah. And then sat down, and then a service was not delivered. If I went into a restaurant and I was like, I ordered the chicken parmesan, and then like a fucking the sole of a shoe comes out. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "What's going on?" <laughs> I'm obviously mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, oh no, the chef is just having an artistic moment. Go to hell. Give me a product. <laughs> oh man, we see eye to eye then. Yeah. Because I had a guy. I had a guy on a Zoom show. Uh, I was watching, and man, the the, the energy of the show was just terrible. It was going right in the toilet, oh, yeah. and a guy was going, and I think he was like three minutes in. He hadn't gotten any laughs, and I think he made, and then he made a comment on it or something like that. And then he did another joke and that other joke was actually kind of funny and it got a laugh, but he went, no, 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 five minutes silence. No. And I was like, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, well, if you don't want me to laugh, then I guess I won't. I like, yeah, sorry. there's nothing worse than a comic reprimanding an audience for having a, a good laugh. A good time. Sorry. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. They'll say something controversial and then people will laugh and they go, you laughed at that. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't, I thought that was the point. Yeah. What did you want me to do? Throw a pumpkin at you or <laughs> I don't know what the hell the options are. <laughs> you know what? I, I really do value the, um, the clubs that distribute pumpkins to the audience. <laughs> it just makes things, yeah. it, it helps you with your footwork yeah, you with could, your timing. And as and it's nice for the audience too. They could put their feet on the pumpkin, rest it up. Oh, it's so good. They could carve a jack-o'-lantern whilst they yeah. uh, wait. 
it's imagine i've never had a pumpkin thrown at me i've never had anything i only have a... <laughs> i've never heard is... of anybody chucking a pumpkin at a comic what is one of your worst horror stories has anyone ever came at you on stage or no no one's ever charged at me or anything okay um my, one of my favorite this isn't a bad thing necessarily but this is probably possibly my favorite heckle story is uh at, have you ever done musical open mics where it's like nobody came i do for... i do mixed mics yeah poetry yeah sure sure is that what they're called um yeah and and you know if, if music if we were in a bar and music was playing some some poor guy's singing his heart out we don't necessarily have to shut up we can continue talking and, and then uh, this guy finishes his song and then we clap politely or whatever yeah, yeah. um but when it's a comedian we kind of have to be quiet now right like so yeah. so that's always like the challenge is first of all let's see if i can get anybody even looking at me <laughs> and so I, I did this musical open mic and things are going uh, i have like two tables yeah. everybody's talking these two tables are listening to me and, and that's enough for me i'm not greedy <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but even with these two tables it's not going great and then it's so loud in this bar and then all of a sudden it it got super quiet like on a dime and okay. then i said it got noticeably quiet that i was like i got to address it so i went man it got quiet all of a sudden what who died and then somebody went you did <laughs> and i was like that's awesome <laughs> he is he is not wrong i'm not doing well at all and then i did another minute and i was like good night everybody <laughs> yeah. you know i i make that mistake i keep making it where i i i somehow unintentionally bring in the audience and then right. they actually share their opinion about something and I'm like oh that was, this. yeah yeah i shouldn't have done that but it's all well do you, have, do you have questions in your act just go through and find all the question marks and get rid of them man yeah. <laughs> that's like an improv um did you ever do improv comedy no, I uh, an improv comedy it's a big rule of don't ask questions you make statements right so because if i if we're doing a scene matt and i ask a question that puts all the burden on you now to come up with a funny answer or whatever now nah, if i can help you and give you options or, yeah just tell you what's going on rather than put it on you but that's the same thing with i, I love it when uh when a, a, a comedian's like yeah you guys uh you guys ever use netflix <laughs> and it's like and God forbid, I, I would love to be at a show once when somebody says something that dumb and then have an audience member go, no, none of us use Netflix. What are you going to say now, Chuckles? <laughs> Fucking guy, you know what I mean? Like, what do you got for me? And then, of course, the comedian would be like, oh, okay, well, I use Netflix. No, no, you know, <laughs> like, you, you know what would be even better? You know, Netflix, it's a streaming service. He <laughs> explains it. And it, I think it's nine ninety nine per month, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. Canada. <laughs> I had a joke once. Have you ever heard of Tim Hortons? Or it's a copy chain up here in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Tim Hortons. I, I, this is early. Holy moly! I, I had a joke. I thought it was funny because I used to work kind of early, and uh, all these businesses would be would be totally closed. Obviously, it's way too early for any of these places to be open. But Tim Hortons was like jumping. It was like a burlesque house. It was like <laughs> there's like a huge line out the door. It's like such a party. And so the joke was about that, about how fun the place was. But I asked, um, uh, this is when I got rid of questions in my head. I was like, okay. hey, you guys, you guys ever been to a Tim Hortons at like six in the morning? It's a party. And a guy went, uh, I go at 6.30. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> like, so that's when I was like, oh, wait, don't give them any power really right. you know, just just laugh you yeah. say more with your laughter do you ever feel that too about people 
coming up afterwards being like that wasn't very funny or like criticisms or something and you're like you said so much with your silence <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it <laughs> you know what i get more than anything that i guess i should take i don't know how i should take it but i don't listen to it is people giving me tags oh, okay giving me feedback on well if you said it this way or maybe you could add this that and the other and i and i'm kind of i'm of the mind where i don't i don't write with other people I'm sure. kind of, when it comes to, I like talking with other comics and like a conversation like this is so helpful. Like I'm already thinking about questions sure. in my, in my um, set and I'm going, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. I know I have questions. <laughs> so let me go back and think about, so this is all helpful, but when someone, if a, another comic gives me a tag, I have used it before. I've used, okay. there's probably been at least five, six times where a comic has gave me something that I thought was just really clever. And, and I go, oh, you don't mind me using that? Like, no, go use it. I like it. But when it's an audience member who's kind of, oh, you should, tr okay, okay, oh well, thank you know. But I don't, I don't yeah. do anything with it. Um, but I, I've never had anyone come up to me outright and say, oh, that was that was bad. You did bad. Risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that. <laughs> I've had that at, uh, at the fringe festivals. Oh, uh, okay. we had a fringe festival, and someone was like, but I knew I was like, okay, I got up. Uh, pad. Uh, it was like a vulgar thing. Uh oh. Uh oh. Someone. <laughs> so I was like, I need to. I need to separate. I got to make more time between the setup and the vulgarity. I got to really make sure that the audience understands that I'm not of this mind or whatever. Like, so. But I knew that when I was bombing, <laughs> I didn't really need that. I didn't need you to come up afterwards and tell me that. Hey, there's something wrong with that joke. Oh yeah, don't worry. I, nobody's more aware than I am that there's something wrong. One, one cool thing about having audience members come up and talk about what they think about this, that, and the other is you could see where they're coming from in their minds. Yeah. Sometimes you talk about whatever whips and people are like, is that like a slavery thing? You're like, no, not at all. You know, we're all thinking slavery over here. <laughs> You're like, oh, fuck. Well, I'm glad you came up to me and told me because I did not think for two seconds that, okay, I got to pad that or something or reword something there i did not think that that's what was happening i kind of appreciate that you know what <laughs> so that's interesting because i also was trying to work through a bit where i'm trying to figure out our our uh, what was i going to say so are people who do stand-up comedy are they people who have a high level of self-awareness or a <laughs> low level of self-awareness because you're so right when i go down a train of thought in my head, yeah, makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. So here you go, guys. Here's what I'm thinking. But but maybe I maybe a more self-aware person would say, that's stupid. Why are you why are mm -hmm. you thinking that? So do you think comics have more self-awareness, less self-awareness, or do you think it's not even a factor really? We're all just bumping around with whatever we've got. I I would have thought that we have more self-awareness. Self-awareness, not like awareness of um yes i don't think self-awareness is the word you're looking for there i think like awareness is probably because <laughs> yeah. i think a comedian has a ton of self-awareness because a lot of jokes uh, are about you and about your life and they come from your you, you analyze your surroundings and life and reactions and behaviors way more than the average person does i bet yeah but i i've totally had that train of thought of this it makes all the sense in the world what are you talking about i'm talking <laughs> about doggy bags they're like you said dbs nobody knows what a db is <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh i call doggy bags dbs you guys don't do that oh shit oops like um but that's yeah. what's great about then coming out and 
what's the fastest that you've had or have you ever had the situation of like a joke leaving your mouth like and, and realizing oh this isn't gonna work yeah <laughs> has it been like coming out of your mouth when you're like whoops <laughs> this, this is oh and it's 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 double bad because one of my philosophies is really the only thing that we have is when we go out with a bit or a joke at some level or another, we like it. Right. Right. We that's, why it was we, funny. that's why we decided to share it yeah. in front of strangers. But when you say something and you realize either maybe you misread the room and it would have worked if you just did it like you were talking about with the, the vulgar thing, Pattern, sometimes, yeah. sometimes there's rooms where you just know, ah, this is, this is a, a, for lack of a better term, this is a really uh, blue collar room. And right. I can say, I can just go out there with a flamethrower of obscenity, <laughs> sick stuff. And it could be like the eight, the what's that called? Uh, 8chan of comedy nights or whatever. And you're just throwing all kinds of troubling stuff and it's fine. And then other nights you could throw a little bit, but it's all how you put it out there. But um, what I was going to say is the only thing we have when we go out to any room is I, I believe that this is funny because it makes me laugh. Yeah. Once you say it and you realize it's like, pew, and, and then you see it leaving, you can like almost literally see the sound yeah. wave leaving <laughs> and you lose all your confidence. So that's a double whammy. Number one, you said the wrong thing yep. that you know isn't going to work. And now you've lost all your confidence. And so, yeah, yeah I've had that sometimes happen. And sometimes it depends on where it happened in the set. Sometimes I've been able to kind of work my way back, but other times it just ruins. Everything. Yeah, the flow and everything. And yeah. sometimes you you literally hear it like hit their ears and yeah. they're like, we don't like this. <laughs> like, yep. uh -oh. But okay. I appreciate what you say, man. I think you're giving people a lot of credit when you say, um, I at one point in time thought this was funny. I think that alone, Matt puts you on a higher playing field than a lot of comics I work with. <laughs> Cause you, uh, I don't know. You, I'm sure you've seen it of like, so yeah, man, um, uh, bus was late. So yeah, this happened today. The bus was late. And, um, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, anyway, I guess that's not really a joke. Eh? Uh, and you're like, are you out of your fucking mind? What? <laughs> this is, this is what you thought that didn't make you laugh. That didn't make anyone like that. That's not even an idea. That's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, that's true. I do see that. Or yeah, you get some meandering uh, anecdote about something in their life that has no point and no has <laughs> no more moral and actually yeah. wasn't funny, and you go, "We're doing stand-up comedy right now." Okay, all right. I guess we're doing. Yeah. I guess Where's... that's what we're doing. Uh, and those people turn. Oh, what the fuck, man! This room is dead. <laughs> like you didn't even. I don't understand where you thought I was gonna laugh at any point of that whole story. <laughs> Well, okay, but wait, let's circle back to the self-awareness discussion because that sure. person is not self-aware, right? Or is it awareness? No, that person's not. Well, but that's just a crazy person. <laughs> I, I say this all the time. It's a thin line between open mic comedians and mentally ill. And uh, just, um, yeah, yeah. Mental health patients or whatever. Well, that's kind of a nice thing about open mic comedy is that there's no screening process. Yep. Uh, and But there, there shouldn't be. Mm -mm. um because we would lose some really funny people i think yes. who talks about this somebody talks about this about how comedians are like you know really apt at you know obviously making full rooms laugh but then socially they're like screwed up yeah on other things that you're like how do you not have you never even done this oh i think seinfeld talks about this about a guy that he worked with in florida or something who 
was putting deodorant on outside the shirt. <laughs> and he was like, you know, it goes on your skin. The guy was like, oh, no kidding. <laughs> like, he, he never thought about it or something. And that's like a real comedian thing to do, I guess. Uh, that is hilarious. Hey. I, also, I also love the comedian quality of not caring about other things, but of zeroing in on like, uh you know like you're That's, talking about this this station wagon behind you or whatever this car yeah where i'm sure most people would be like oh you see you have road trips or whatever or oh wow you went for this and a comedian would be like did you like the middle seat <laughs> <laughs> like some irrelevant well that, <laughs> that's what that's, that's what matters to them yeah that's jerry seinfeld in summary right that's what yeah. he's all about he has that great what cotton ball who whoever thinks about cotton balls? Right. Jerry Seinfeld I, thinks about cotton. Yeah, I'm not actually a fan of that joke because that's it's it's kind of a sexist joke. That that, that it has a very simple because he's like, what what do women need these cotton balls for? And women are like, for makeup, you idiot. <laughs> it's like such a simple question. But of course, the homophobic '90s or the sexist '90s, like we weren't we weren't considered. We didn't care what the women thought in those days. Like yeah. <laughs> but going back, Seinfeld does have a thing about. Um, irrelevant questions where he meets paul mccartney uh -huh. and he's like what do you what kind of cereal do you like <laughs> like of all questions to ask paul mccartney like that's what matters okay then i can piggyback with a, a an irrelevant question <laughs> so before i do my podcast i do a little uh scroll through the feed you're you're a skateboarder okay. oh i love skateboarding man yeah it's so okay. fun so we have that shared interest i i would say okay. from age 12 to 32 I was yeah. probably on my skateboard every day, unless yeah. I was snowboarding or dirt biking. And I probably was on for like maybe an hour a day. So anyway, I love skateboarding. Wow. See, uh -huh. yeah, you're in the hub of skateboarding culture and stuff. Your whole, I think your town was where skateboarding was like invented. <laughs> like Santa uh, Cruz and all that. And like, yeah, it might've been, It. I think. You're part of the world for sure. Yeah, de definitely California. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I'm not a much of a historian, but I think that where it really blew up was down south, Dogtown, uh, the Z Boys. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of modernized it and made it really hip. Where yeah. Before it was, I think it was everywhere, but it was just kind of like people doing really abstract kind of things on it. But yeah. San Jose certainly has a very healthy, still does have a, has a very healthy skate scene. And but being sunny and dry, 360 days of the year, like oh man, that's so nice yeah we can't do that in canada but no i've always when it came down to you know like the uh the different skate mixtapes and whatnot i always really liked the stuff coming out of canada you guys take skating very seriously there you've had a lot of great skaters um and i'm telling you morgan smith is a guy from toronto for sure tj tj yeah. rogers <clears throat> it's fun when you see a tj rogers part and there's always like a couple of tricks or lines that are in toronto you can yeah oh those are the td banks yeah 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 so what i wanted to ask you is parallels between being a skater and being a comedian are there any and yeah there yeah they totally are yeah i think so too but i want to get your thoughts on it <clears throat> um the first things that come to mind are that it's it changes according to you it's completely up to you and there's no coaches there's no teams there's no it's all uh, that's probably the, the hugest one <laughs> yeah. um the, the a big difference 
is that there's no audience i don't think well like i don't know i i was never a professional skateboarder nor did i ever try to be but um i don't know how much professional skateboarders are like what's the crowd want (laughs) right now you know what i mean yeah like should i get really good at hard flips you know i don't know like if i get good at hard flips will that will that um change this contest or something i don't think they're thinking about that (laughs) yeah i I never got to that level either but i would imagine i would imagine i had been to a number of skate uh contests where there's guys at that at that level really high and i think they probably know the judges and i think they probably know what lines on in a skate park would show well but sure yeah totally it's it's like oh damn it man i wish i could if i could front tail yeah that would change my whole line oh damn it i should have done this yeah yeah i guess so yeah but that's at that's probably you know 0.01 percent of skateboarders (laughs) yeah sure who can who can think about those terms and go oh the judges are sitting there i know that judge is as rewarded well for whatever and this judge is done right probably but i think the spirit of skateboarding is probably just being with your buddies and trying to one-up each other Sure. Yeah, that's the only thing that even involves other people. Well, yeah. Vincent Malou or whatever uh, was a French guy, and he had an interesting thing I noticed in a contest like two years ago where all of his tricks were frontside based. It was like he did like a huge frontside flip and then a huge front lip, but it was all opening his shoulders or whatever. And the more I think the next one was a big front heel over this thing. So he then started getting, not necessarily docked, but his points weren't as big because the judges noticed that. So that's like the only time I've ever noticed like, oh, a strategy would have been helpful here. (laughs) Because everyone else, like, it just seems like everyone's just doing whatever the hell badass thing they love doing and can do or whatever. And and the crowd just likes it. I can't imagine anyone's like, Ooh, if I if this is a backside heel, ooh, this would be good. Where right. whereas completely the opposite re- applies for me in stand up, where yeah. yeah, it's me and my voice, but the whole f- point of it is for the benefit of the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so not that I should change me or t- or tell jokes that I don't think are funny or something, but yeah. this is all based on if the what this room is gonna like. You you can't pander. You have to be genuine in yourself, but you also have to deliver, like you said at the top of the podcast, you have to deliver something that they can consume that is nice for them. And well, yes, they're judge, nice. Judge, juror, <laughs> and executioner, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's, I wouldn't know necessarily call it pandering, but it is like giving them the night that they want to have. Have yeah. you ever been in like some biker town? And like I did a gig once in this place in, in Alberta, and a guy uh, got naked uh, and started dancing on a pool table. There you go. And when I was like, whoa, what the hell? They were like, hey, hey, you can't interrupt that. It's Spanky's hour. <laughs> and I guess this is something that happened like every day at nine is that old Spanky would get super loaded and start dancing. And everybody loves Spanky. Everyone's clapping and cheering. And, and I just had to be like, yeah, Spanky. And they're like, yeah, he gets it. <laughs> I was like, okay. And and nobody fucking oh hold on guys Spanky sit down because I got some great jokes about uh, you know <laughs> doorknobs that you gotta listen to they don't I, give a shit because at I, the end of it they were like yo that was so fucking funny when you were like making fun of Spanky oh that's so that's like all they want yeah 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 so I don't know if that is p- pandering it sort of is but I wasn't doing it in a way that wasn't me yeah you know what I mean like I was cheering on Spanky the way I would do it yeah. 
I, I was thinking about, I, I did an open mic in uh, Cambridge, England one time. Oh, okay. And it's mostly a college town there, right? So the pubs yeah. are very lively, but there was, I so like you do as a comic when you can't find a, a stand-up open mic, I dropped into a mixed mic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was this guy there. He was, I don't know what, I don't know what you call him in England, but he, he looked like a bruiser, you know? He looked like, he definitely had been in fights. He was drunk, really drunk, and he was he was being obnoxious with all the musicians and wow. and uh, he was. I saw him. I think it was right before I go up. He 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 took a big sip of his beer, spit it on the floor, and started doing push-ups. And people were just <laughs> kind of coping with it. You know, a oh, couple yeah. people were talking with him. The guy who runs the bar pulled him over multiple times. And then I, I had to call. I had to call it out. I, I, I was. I, I. I figured out his name because someone had said his name at one point. One of the musicians, and I could tell there were a couple musicians who really wanted to just grab him and throw him out. But whatever they were making do, you know, England. They kind of just stiff upper lip. They deal with these things. <laughs> and uh, I did. I remember I did call him out, but thinking this could go either way. This could either really endear me to this crowd. Or yeah. he could come up and punch my teeth out. <laughs> I don't know which way it's going to go, but he—I think he kind of had a laugh, and everyone had a laugh, so it was all good. Um, right. But but I want to circle back to the skateboarding thing, so I want to share with you my thoughts on, on okay. skateboarding because yeah, I'd love I to think, hear this. I think skateboarding was really helpful in a lot of ways in my life to to have. There's two things that are I, I see so many similarities between skating and uh, doing stand-up comedy. Yeah, first I just one thought is, of another one, but I want to hear yours. Yeah. Okay. The first one is you better learn to cope with eating shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of that was what I just thought of. Yeah. You know, the amount know, of failure is crazy. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. And you don't bleed, hopefully, in stand-up comedy, but you <laughs> do you take your lumps and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is just repetition. You just don't get anything right until you've done it a thousand times. Yeah. And, and the changes are so tiny and dynamic. You know what I mean? So it's like earlier today, I, I landed a, a heel flip first try, baby. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was pumped about it. But then I remember thinking about it being like, I think the only reason I did that was because my front foot was low enough on the board or whatever. Like uh -huh. literally, if my foot is like an inch to the left, it spins in a completely different way or whatever. And it's exactly the same in comedy where it's like, man, I took a breath half a second too late on that. And now the whole show, the whole bit is done. You know what I mean? It's just uh, the, the, the fuck ups are really tiny. Like, um, it's, it's just so easy to make like a little thing. Oh, if my foot was just this way, oh, I scooped it way too fast. Crap. Now I'm flying through the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and the precision of things. Yeah. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. Precision. I, they I both require like a crazy amount of precision. Yeah. Was it, what was was that one of yours or did you have another one? No, the the failure one of like oh, the amount failure, okay. and and the the um, exponential the improvement is like uh, not exponential I would say but it's like the uphill the beginning is so crazy on both of them yeah. like you're so shitty at comedy for a long time and yeah. you are really and and like embarrassingly like you're getting tangled in the wire and stuff like that <laughs> and and for the first like you're on a skateboard you're like you're shaking and wobbly like you can't and all you're trying to do is like lift to get onto a curb or something like that the, the amount of tries uh, i took of shooting myself at a curb and trying to lift the tail to get onto the thing and and man the number of times that took was probably i don't know man oh yeah <laughs> 
and you get injured too. That was another thing you get in this. Thankfully, this isn't applicable in comedy, but you get an injury <laughs> and you'd be like, well, now I can't ride for whatever three months because my ankle is sprained or right. That's true. That doesn't really happen in uh, comedy that you get emotionally shattered for three months. that You can't oh, go back. What would it take? I, you know what? I think yeah. anything, I, I think it would take some kind of like physical assault for me to be okay all right i'm done with comedy for a little while you know yeah no, certainly I don't know. you could take a lot of uh dings to your soul um sure you know, but i'm trying to like if something was so big to to knock you out for three months it, it would be that big that it would knock you out for the rest of your life i think like if you three months is such an arbitrary oh man i better not do stand-up for three months because i don't know if i can emotionally handle it <laughs> I don't know what who even diagnosed that or where that number came from. Yeah, the doctor gives you no, gotta rest. No more jokes. Yeah, That's it. I do know a guy who stopped doing comedy. He wanted to take a month off or something like that, mm. and then he never did it again after that. And this was a guy that would do it three times a night or whatever every night. And, um, and then he wanted to like step. I guess he just wanted to like see what life was like without. Do I really need stand up? I guess or something. Yeah. And he never came back. Yeah. <laughs> he just found that he didn't need it. I guess. I would imagine that probably happens a lot because yeah. it's a lot easier to not do it than do it. I know that's that's probably I don't know not necessarily a similar thing in skateboarding. Um, no, it is because I stopped skateboarding. I had a slam that I finally was like, I think I'm too old for this shit. And then, right. you know, my kids, they have little like toy skateboards. I'll, I'll go put around on those. I had a longboard for a while, but I, I'm not going to go to a skate park anymore. I'm not going to no, go no, to no. anymore. Um, I am kind of curious as to when I will stop skateboarding. I was kind of worried. So because of the uh, um, pandemic and in, in the wintertime, I didn't fucking stand up half the time. You know what I mean? I'm just all, all my, I go from the bed to the chair, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and my apartment's tiny. It's not like I'm walking around and, yeah. um, and it's too cold to go outside. So there was a bunch of days that I was like literally in this chair for 16 hours and then lying down on my bed for <laughs> eight. Yeah. So, but so I, two weeks ago, I went skateboarding for the first time in like four months and I got some, I don't, I didn't get like bone bruise or something, but I got like runner's knee or whatever that is where it's like a crazy pain in your knee and it hurts to go up and down stairs. And it was the first time that it ever happened to me. And I think it was because of like underuse of my bones. <laughs> yeah. It um, may not have been tense enough or something. Yeah. And like the first thing I did was like a high impact knee slamming thing. Like, yeah. so it, um, but I was, you know, part of your brain is like, fuck, is this was last summer, the last summer I even can stand on this fucking thing. Oh man, yeah. I don't want this. Cause I don't want to like not be able to walk. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that was kind of my trade-off. It's good. So yeah. I had been hearing from, you know, the old school guys. When I was a teenager, you'd hear from the guys in the mid twenties and say, Oh, my legs, I can't do this. And then I made it in my twenties. I go, I still feel pretty good. And then you'd hear yeah. from guys in the thirties, they go, Oh, my legs and this, that, and other aches. And it's hard to walk this. And they, they complain, Oh no, I'm still good. And then my late twenties, I go, I still feel good. And then they were just in my early thirties, there was just, I would say a year or so of just stupid slams where uh, I was just clumsy. Like there was one at a uh, park where it's, it's kind of just bowls. There's no coping. Um, but the taggers also do a lot of work there. And okay. one wall, we all know this. Everyone who skates there knows this. There's this one wall with a lot of uh, latex paint where they keep painting over, spray painting, painting over. Okay. And so, so it, it's really slippery, I guess. It weeps in the morning. It weeps. So moisture oh. is behind the latex. 
and there's certain areas where drips of water will come out. And I was just warming up and I came and board slipped out from under me and it was like a seven foot fall to the bottom of my Whoa. hip. It's like, ah, oh, and, and it hurt to walk for probably three months. Wow. And then, and then I just, I tried to get back into it when I was feeling better and walking around. I was just, I, you know what, honestly, you know what it was, Mark? Wow. And it's hard admitting this. I can't put it all on my body. I think I was, I was kind of scared from that point on. Um, because I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that hurt so bad for so yeah. long. And yeah. Not being able to like hurting to walk. Like you're going to walk for yes. another 50 years, maybe. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be in that position. Yeah. 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 I, I wouldn't, I would never do a bull or anything like that. Like my friends are like, can you do this like rail? I'm like, nah, man, all, all the things, uh, if you saw from my Instagram, are all flat ground, yeah. you know, whatever kind of, uh, freestyle tricks that was another funny thing about last year was the first year i ever filmed anything or shared skateboarding that was a huge difference between skateboarding and comedy was that comedy was totally for the public right and skateboarding was just for me i didn't even care what tricks you liked or what what you tricks i what tricks you thought i should do i just wanted to do what i do and 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 uh but then i started then i started filming it and because the pandemic i had tons of time yeah so and it was kind of nice to see like Oh man, my nollie front zone eighties are pretty crappy. Oops. <laughs> like you kind of see the in your head, you're like, oh man, I'm fluid, but then you see it on film, you're like, this is terrible. <laughs> um, and then I had clipped together like a two-minute skate video and I was nice. all proud of it at 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 33 years old. Nice. And then this past winter, I just came up with so many other ideas of like, oh man, if I 180 that, I bet I can just keep pivoting and then do a 360 or something. I, I could do a 360 version of this trick. I just came up with all these tricks in my head. Yeah, and then I was so worried that I was like, "Am I not going to be able to skate at all this whole fucking year?" And then uh, I just didn't want to not do these tricks. But yeah. none of them are like, "Yeah, I'd love to fucking clear a 10. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to do a ten, Sarah. I don't want to. Yeah. Um, for all the non-skateboarders listening, clearing a 10. like all these, all these, all this jargon. No, I hope, but that's I hope we're not that's, losing people. That's the beauty of the podcast, man. I talk about whatever, and sometimes we make sense, sometimes we don't. That's yeah. okay. Am I making sense? So talk to me about the comedy scene in Toronto. Obviously, I'm assuming you guys, you've been shut down for a year now, probably, or had things been opening up a little bit? Or Yeah, between July and uh, November, mm-hmm. there was, so I did a ton of like backyard shows. Okay. I did a bunch of patio shows or like um, court, um, not courtroom. What am I talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the atrium. Court, court, court yards. Yeah, that's what I, I was like, courtroom? Yeah. Uh, food court <laughs> yeah, i did a lot of food court back. shows yeah <laughs> um so i did a lot of yeah courtyard shows okay and occasional um apartment shows or something i think i only did where there was like five of you <laughs> oh wow the guy's apartment yeah because the caps were like yeah you can't have more than 10 people indoors or some crazy thing yeah so yeah we did my friend who lives like right down the street from me uh built this crazy venue in her backyard with streamers and all this like <laughs> lavish stuff and so i i did 44 sets back there oh uh, wow yeah which was a blast between whatever august and november and so- all sorts of cool events of like you know people had album album release parties or people's birthday shows or whatever we had all these kind of themed shows back there and they were fun nice um so then you're the perfect person to ask this question because since last March, I've only done Zoom comedy. Okay. And I'm doing it kind of on an act of faith. 
I, I don't like it very much, but I'm doing it. I'm Whoa. doing it just because I, I'm giving myself the, I guess, the discipline to write every day and yeah. get in front of people and try and say things. But I'm wondering if, if it's any of it's going to translate or if it was all just more or less an exercise in discipline. What, were you, what are your thoughts? Did you do Zoom prior to going back in June or were you just taking a break when everything shut down and then you start doing again and then you start doing Zoom after? No, I started Zoom as soon as I could. March 17th. Okay. Nice. It was my first time ever doing stand-up on Zoom. Okay. And I was like, okay. I thought of it as like a new venue. Um, yeah. So like in, in Toronto, we're really lucky. You got like comedy clubs and then you got bars and then bars are all sorts of, you know, sports bars, dive bars, student campus bars, whatever. And then you got um, vapor lounges in, in Toronto as well. And then, you know, attics or people's, you know, pool halls or whatever. There's so many different kinds of things. Yeah. And a lot of these have advantages or similarities or things that you can practice about yourself or your act or whatever, where it's like, if you notice that you're a really quiet comedian and you're very funny, but people need to give you focus and you're bad at fighting for focus, then you should do a bunch of campus bars that are fucking loud as hell or whatever to train yourself to whatever. So every, every, everything has an advantage. And then, and then Zoom shows was just like another venue. I don't know. I just treated it like that. And, and the thing that I learned a lot in Zoom shows is the ability to, you, to have like um, crazy confidence in your punchline. <laughs> Yeah. Because not necessarily a delay, but it sound is really screwed up on Zoom, right? So um, there's certain jokes that don't work on Zoom, like um, momentum building jokes, uh, like Patton Oswald. A lot of Patton Oswald things were thinking he starts speaking faster and faster and he's riding laps. You uh -huh. can't ride laps on Zoom, unfortunately, because <laughs> the sound is too fucked up. Uh, but if you have a joke that goes, but up, but up, but up, but up, punchline that's a, zoom is perfect for that and i've had a lot of shows where i've only had to do like in 10 minute sets i only have to do like two bits because i just go but up but at a punchline 150 people go ha ha right there's like sound all over the fucking place yeah <laughs> sit in it for a long time and yeah. then you're like okay next joke okay. but that's the other thing too is that if you don't give it the time then people laugh or uh, uh, you're, then you're talking over their laugh. Oh, the sound is all screwed up. They can't. And then they train themselves not to laugh. And then you're screwed in the end, sort of. Oh, so, right. but, but, but I've had it a bunch of times too, where it's like, man, this joke is great. But up, but up, but up, punchline. Fuck. It's not great. What am I talking about? Shit. Uh, start the next one right away. Oh, phew, yeah. phew, phew. And no, you, you can't, you have to really sit in it. There's one, do you know, Nick Herpel or something? He's a guy from Brooklyn. I think he, he had one that wasn't even on zoom. It was on Google meets or something. And the, and this, the delay was crazy. Oh. <laughs> it was so, so you, you were like, but up, but up, but a punchline two, three. Ha 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 ha. You're like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. They found that funny, but you have to have the confidence to be like, they will find this funny because it's a great joke. Yeah. 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 So that's one thing I noticed that was super helpful. Uh, vapor lounges in, in Toronto were, are, were a similar one. Okay. Like, I don't know, but up at a clear, make it a clear punchline. I stop talking and then everybody laughs. Cool. Yeah. Boom. Um, I found Zoom shows very similar to vapor lounges in that way.
when you say vapor lounge, every, is everyone stoned? Is that yeah, people who smoke weed, yeah, where you can you're legally allowed to bring your own weed and smoke it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um stoner rooms are really hard because a lot of times they'll even be into it, but the most they can muster is the oh. Uh, yeah, because they don't have any oxygen in their bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a cool, but that's great practice for when you do like outdoor festivals sometimes that are so big that the closest audience member is like 50 yards away. And it's like, you see them like, and you're yeah. like, oh, I think I'm killing right now, but I just can't fucking hear anybody because <laughs> everyone's so, everyone's so spread out. But that's well, exactly the same sound in a vapor lounge where it's like, you do a great joke, know that you're killing, receive yeah. silence, and yeah. then keep going yeah weird feeling well you just got me thinking about that whole when you when you go to a certain room think about what you need think about what that room is teaching you yeah i've never thought in these terms before so that was really helpful um because now i'm thinking just hindsight going back in different rooms that i do and i go oh yeah you know there's some rooms that i just like because they're just crazy the energy's crazy like you said no one's going to be listening there are subdued <laughs> rooms, right? With a subdued, if you know a lot of people are smoking weed, they're going to yeah. be more subdued. There's other rooms that are more traditional comedy club where you can stack, you can do, I guess I call them tags, but you were talking about with Pat and I, like stacking. Is that different tags throughout his story that you're talking about? Or how would you? Categorize? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know his um, magician? Well, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. There's a lot of comics that I feel like they're still writing laughs and they haven't told a joke they're only putting one to two other words on it and i see right. it all the time and right. it, i think it only works in packed clubs and it right and it's tough stomach. to do in like a dive bar <laughs> yeah, yeah right because you don't because there's no uh what do i want to say there's no ebb and flow of breathing like the room is breathing you know yeah oh and well and that's like where the rhythms come in it's like we were talking about the skateboarding about the dive. oh man i waited a second too late to say that and now all the rhythms all fucked up yeah so that's um, i'm gonna think about that from now on I, uh, I try to think a lot about that about like what what jokes to do at which rooms and and um like if it's a dead thing oftentimes man it's not you didn't bomb because of the material this line is funny but you didn't address the fact that it's deathly quiet in here and everyone's depressed. Like you just went right into your act. You didn't riff on the room at all. Like yeah. these little choices, there's like a million reasons why a joke might not get a laugh. There are. And, and uh, especially Zoom is tough. It's like, I don't know, man, like you gotta be more entertaining in this little box than yeah. literally everything around me right now, yeah. <laughs> including like my roommate smells that I am experiencing that you're not, you know what I mean? There's so much else going on. So if you do a joke that you think is really funny and has been working live and then you do it over Zoom and it doesn't get anything, that might not necessarily be the worst thing. If you get a laugh over Zoom, underline it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of a miracle. <laughs> well, I've, I've had to go in, you know, you were talking about how sometimes as comics we'll, we'll say, oh, that didn't work. We'll say it out loud, right? Yeah. I've been on so many Zoom calls where I've really enjoyed what a comic has said. And then... And they'll make a comment like that or something. Yeah. And I know it's part of the act and it's just joking around, but then just to make sure I'll hit them up on the, the chat and I'll say, Hey, I really liked what you just did there. So yeah. definitely this is zoom world. It, I would keep everything that you like. Don't necessarily worry about what's happening on zoom. Well, uh, I don't know about that. No, a lot of, I've edited a ton of jokes from zoom where it's like, really? ah, and, and I think it's also because of the fact that I'm like, 
everything around it got a laugh. I don't know. Why did this line, obviously this line's not, it's not necessarily that's not good, but it's not working. It's not worded properly. Maybe I don't have to cut the whole thing entirely, but but maybe I do. And I don't know. Like I've gotten a lot of uh, helpful feedback through Zoom shows. Okay. Uh, yeah, I always think th this is kind of a bad thing about when open mic comedy of people like going in, bombing, leaving, and then not thinking about like, are you going to edit any of this? Or are you going to, yeah. <laughs> like, are you going to pay attention to what you just experienced there? Or is everybody just going to pat your back and say, hey, good set? <laughs> yeah. Even though you clearly bombed, obviously, like, you, you didn't get a single laugh. Are you thinking about this at all? Like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, I like people that are kind of analyzing, or I don't know. It's, it's so valuable. You only got five minutes, man. Ah. Uh, it is. To get to that, you know that ten thousand hour rule. To get yeah. to ten thousand hours at only five minutes, you better be. I, I five, used to five minutes at a time. Uh, Jesus, brutal. And, uh, and you spent twenty three hours. I don't know. You worked some shitty day job or whatever you did, and you were just looking forward to this five minutes all day. Yeah. <laughs> and you complained, and the show was long, and you got bumped, and you're oh god, so upset, and yeah. and then you waste the five minutes in the end. Like god damn it, <laughs> yeah. Jesus man. I saw it. I do think we think alike in those terms that, that yeah, five minutes is a very precious thing. So uh, you use it wisely. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get, we've already, we've hit our hour and I, I want to, oh, uh, yeah, I want to be respectful of your time, but I do have one other question <laughs> that I yeah, want to ask you. So I've, I've already learned so much just talking with you today, but can <laughs> you, what is some of the best advice you've ever gotten in stand-up comedy? That I got from somebody else? <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a piece of advice that just you've developed, developed. Yeah. yeah. So what's, what's the best piece of it's, advice you got? It's kind of a bit of both. It's kind of, a, first of all, what I just said there of like the word think, yeah, come on, man. Like think about yeah. you, you really intended this to get a laugh. You thought that this, what part of this, this word again, it's gotta be da -da -da -da, pause laughter. So did you think that that was going to work? If not, don't say it, <laughs> I don't know. Based on the reaction, let's think about it, okay. Because uh, sometimes people get a laugh like half a second later and it's like, oh, wait a minute. They're laughing at the failure of it. They're not actually thinking that line is good. Let's think about, is this the funniest wording of this? Is this too many words? Let's think about why it didn't work. Let's think about why it did work. And can we capture that and use that for a different thing? And um, but uh, a similar along those lines, somebody offered me a great thing of literally writing it down in in setup punchline format. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, good. And do you notice? Yeah, oh man, this setup is enormous, <laughs> and yeah. this punchline is not nearly good enough for this thirty seconds of setup. Oh God, I expect this this punchline is so weak down here. Oh God, I really think this is gonna get a laugh. Oh yeah. no, I got to reword all this, man. Or I got to trim something or I got to make this way stronger or something. That, uh, once that, I started looking at things like that, then you kind of notice like, oh, it makes you just work harder and it makes you be harder on yourself about these things that are clearly not going to work. <laughs> these yeah. are bad. Yeah, I've been, bullet points is how I think about things because I always, in any complex endeavor, you need to break each task down into something very, very simple. Yeah. And so my, my set lists are word for word what I want to say. It, it doesn't always, no, I don't no. always end up reading a script. And I think that can actually be detrimental for me because then I sound like a robot or a, 
a public speaker, right? So, but I'll write down word for word what I think should be said in the in a in a in a top bullet. Yeah. And then I indent the punch. And you're, you're right. exactly right. If I look at that top part and I go, yeah. "Whoa, why is that a paragraph?" Keep thinking. <laughs> keep thinking. Keep thinking. Okay, that's good. And yeah. Then, or or inject punchlines in the paragraph or something. Is there a way we can make the paragraph funny? Ugh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, sometimes you realize like the funny part. It's got to be the last word of the sentence, right? I got to go through it and say that. But sometimes you realize the punchline is worded in a way where you say something funny and then dribble an extra three words or something like that. Oh, fuck, can I reword this? And so sometimes yeah. you have to kind of force yourself to word it in a way that might not be the first way you would say it, but that's the funny way to say it. Yeah. Um, but you see that really visually when it's set up punchline format. Yep. That's so funny. I've never met anybody else that does it like that, set up punchline uh -huh. format. That's yeah. Funny. I, and I think this is just another one of those things that I probably borrowed from other aspects of life, just what I do for a living. I, if I can't bullet point something out for someone, then I know this isn't going to fly. And so when I started doing comedy, I would, you know, the first however long, I was just writing these big, long diatribes. And I go, wait a minute, this yeah. is too confusing for me to remember. This is too confusing for them to follow. And then I go, well, let's just try bullet, the top bullet, and then the indent is the punch. And then... Yeah. Uh, I came off stage once when I was uh, maybe on my ninth time ever on stage or something like that. And I was like, man, that went terribly. They laughed really hard at those like five spots, but I thought it would be wall to wall. Hey, I thought yeah. we'd be having a party. And then you look at the script or whatever that I had. And I was like, there's only five fucking jokes in this thing. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Of course they're not. People don't just randomly laugh like maniacs for no reason. You have to make them laugh. And yeah. actually it's kind of a miracle that these five worked. <laughs> So thank God. All right. All right. Cool. Well, Mark, this has been a lot of fun. I know you got a show to run to. This was uh, great. Thanks so much, man. I could talk about comedy forever. It's really cool to, t and I hope because my brother lives in Oakland, and I oh. hope uh, when I, next time I swing by, I'll come on down to San Jose. Definitely. Yeah, I'd that's love to it. hang out. Um, that'd be great. And Oakland, that's part of the scene. So San Jose, Oakland, and San Francisco, those are kind of we all we all kind of share each other's scenes so stages or whatever yeah neck of the woods or whatever i go to that place a lot yes, that place is so right. fun in san francisco yep that guy is so funny that danny Deshi guy that guy's so crazy yeah yeah um anyway wicked it's nice. great talking to you man let me know if you ever have a cancellation on this ever again you want to talk for another hour yeah <laughs> yeah we'll do it for sure all right i'll see you in the open